1: How you doing tonight? IB Nation Sports Talk up and running. He's Vince D'Addario. I'm Sean Stiers. It's mailbag day. Yes. Shake it. Shake it. Shake the mail. Vince has got new IB gear on. He was just telling me Ooh. about it before we were getting started there. It looks good. I'm kind
2: Big of excited sport. about it. I mean, we got the uh, the name brand. I know people people are obsessed with Adidas because it was before Under Armour, and nobody likes Under Armour, apparently, so... You know they should like that, and I, I, from what I understand, and I don't want to put my foot in my mouth here, but I was told that it's going to be in the merch store, whether nice. it is currently or it is on the way. I'm not sure, but uh, I will say from now, personal experience, it is a must-have. I am pretty fired up about
1: it. My wife won't be happy with me if I get it, but you know <laughs> because she says I have so much of that kind of stuff around. But I mean that's probably not- these days. With basket, inaccurate. you know, like Notre Dame women's basketball. I, I've been swagged up the last couple of years quite a bit.
2: So. That's a solid point because yeah, because of basketball, you're back in the in the swing, yeah.
1: you know. I'm getting I'm I'm getting quite the collection of Under Armour shoes for one.
2: Oh, <laughs> I didn't even think that about way. that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Didn't even think about that.
1: Yeah. So I'll have to show you what I got. What size do you wear, by the way? Are you like a 10, 10 and a half?
2: Uh no, I'm like a 12.
1: Your, your foot is that big? Yeah, really. Well,
2: I'm that like an 11 and far. a half, but they're wide, so I usually okay. get a 12 to account for the width. So, gotcha. not to gotcha. get you personal about my shoe size, but you know.
1: All right. Well, no beating around the bush. Derek skipped his grandma's 99th birthday. Didn't skip it for nothing. <laughs> Derek is I'm always skipping the
2: big family events, man.
1: Yes, I'm starting. To, like, did did you ever, did you ever see the movie Airplane? Like the old, yes, it's been a while, but yes, airplane where the, there's like the guy in the tower is like, oh, I sp- I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue, I picked the wrong week to you know, quit <laughs> drinking and whatever. It's like, that's I, I'm feeling like Derek is just, you know, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> every week it's something new that he's skipping to be here, but we appreciate it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, get your questions in because it is. Well, and Tommy guns caused a 50 oh car pileup. To be flood here. Flood so,
2: scene. It's yeah. not good, Tommy. Yeah.
1: I was just reading something online, by the way, speaking of pileups. You know, like when you're driving down the highway mm-hmm. and all of a sudden one lane's closed and mm-hmm. how, like, people tend to get over really early, you know, into the lane. You know, like if the left lane's closed, they get over early into the right-hand lane. Apparently, the right way to do it, and this is, like, documented. Like, there are states that are putting out instructional videos on how you're supposed to do it. It's called the trucker method. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. It's, I I saw Derek say it's what truckers do. It's called the zipper method. That's why I was doing this. Yes, that's right. That's right. So like if you've got a car on the right and then, you know, you've got your car on the left, the car on the left gets over like this, the one, the one in front, the one behind, just like a zipper. Yeah. So you should not get over early. Right. We so need to educate the public so this can become a thing, and you're not getting mad at guys who are zooming past <laughs> the, the line. That's right. Basically, it, you wouldn't have all the congestion if you did the zipper if everybody thing. Everybody just of everyone getting over a mile yeah, early. That is That's true.
2: It. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And nobody will. Everybody will still be ticked off because it'll feel I like know. everybody's cutting the line. I know. Exactly.
1: Know. And that's, and the, the, there will always be people who say you're cutting the line yes. by doing it. Yes, so there's, but there's I, I no have,
2: I have heard of the zipper method. Part of it is because I have a son currently doing driver's ed type stuff. Ah, okay. So we have conversations about that sort of thing. And I have to say, I don't know. Now, of course, I'm just going off the rails here. But when Jesse started driving, and I assume he did most of his practice with you. I'm just going to go uh-huh. out on a limb. Right. Did you enjoy being carted around while he was driving? How did that work for you? Because I kind of, after I got over the initial, like, complete fear of dying, I kind of enjoy being driven around.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Hit and, miss. Hit and miss, I guess I'd say. <laughs> okay. The big thing with him is I did what my dad made me do. I made him learn to drive a stick. Remember, I used oh, to have the jeep, and the yeah. jeep was a stick shift. And he ended up getting the jeep, you know, after I got a, a different vehicle at some point. But he had to learn to, yeah. to drive the stick before Ooh. he was allowed to to drive anything else. So that was. That was adventurous like we would go over to Notre Dame in the big parking lot yep. over there and kind of tool around in the parking lot and, and do those learning, kind of things.
2: Learning a stick is much more complicated than we're learning an automatic. That is Yeah, sure. I
1: taught my wife to drive a stick because for some reason and her dad is, you know, like an old school, you know, fix the car guy and all that kind of stuff. He never taught her to drive a stick and mm-hmm. so she burned the stick out in the car that I had. <laughs> When we started dating, like Yikes. you could smell the clutch coming. She burned the clutch out. That's what I mean. <laughs> you to say. smell it coming. Smell the clutch from miles away. Yes. Oh my goodness. It was something.
2: It was yeah, something. it is something. I my dad had a had a stick, so I learned how to drive stick. But nobody else in this household knows how to drive stick. That's for sure.
1: Always learn to drive a stick. If you you know yeah. there there are fewer and fewer out there. But if you're in yes, an emergency and the only option is a stick. You're gonna need the stick someday. That's all so, I'm saying.
2: I haven't done it in stick. a long time, but I feel like it's right like riding a bike. I mean, it's just yeah, you gotta get used to the the actual stick that you've got. But uh I, I do enjoy I, I kind of liked it because it kept me focused on what was going on, you know what I mean? It's not just sitting back and being lazy and driving the automatic. So
1: <laughs> Shannon says um Oh. Figured out a name for my stuffing in the waffle maker, which I did again tonight. Final time, by the way. Just ran out of stuffing tonight ah. before I went on the air. Uh, kid, you, you can now market the stuffle. I like that. Ooh. I like that a lot. Might have to do that. Nice. I like that. Good call, Shannon. Good call. Jason says... He uh he roasted his dad's clutch as well, <laughs> and I remember going like we were there's this parking lot that had a really steep incline, and my dad had an El Camino, and it was an El Camino that must have been a half a ton. That thing mm-hmm. was so big, and we were coming, so you know, and this is like early days of driving, and I'm trying to get out of this parking lot with it. Literally, that you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the incline is like this, and of course, I killed it, you know, and he starts barking at me. I can't even tell you all the things that. You know, he I'm said. Sure. So, because, you know, it's like you're waiting for traffic, you're waiting for traffic, and then finally your opening comes and you kill the clutch, you know, so those were the (laughs) days, those were the days, and my son wonders why I'm the way I am, you know, like, he sees old grandpa, you know, grandpa's mellow now, grandpa wasn't always mellow, you know, yeah, I think people can, most people can relate to that, so yesterday was the anniversary of Brian Kelly leaving, which we discussed on the show, Salty says, Hope you had a fabulous BK Independence Day. I think that's Ooh, a good that's, that's a good bad. one right there. BK Independence Day. That's I not like bad.
2: That. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Actually,
1: I like I that. I Saw another one. There was. I, I saw another one. I thought you here. started,
2: but I'm not 100 sure. Slip away
1: from that. Me. it must have slipped away from me. But there was another good one that I saw as well. It's probably long gone by Hold now. On. You going to try to find it? Yeah, here it is. There you go. BK Guniversary. That's not bad either. Although it sounds kind of like a disease that you would have. <laughs> it's a new culture, a new ah. attitude at Indigo Irish. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> the old Guniversary. <laughs> <Go.
2: laughs> okay, I see where you're coming from now. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, right, I, I well, just didn't think about this one. Yeah, I know. Got to be. A, there's got to be a good something we can coin that we can talk about every year. So, yeah. I got the clinking glasses from Jason. I like that. So yeah, it's something to celebrate for sure. Yeah, I think so too. And by the way, just to tease Rapid Fire, you have a great question in there about Brian Kelly, Marcus Freeman, and the season. So All right. I you liked it. would. Glad that's you the like one it. I was really kind of, I'm really kind of excited about that.
1: All right, so. You're, so you're fired up about that one. I am. Okay. I like it. And speaking of which, this will come up from oh, Tyler. Yeah. Cam Hart will come up in rapid fire. I figured it was probably going to come up since it was mailbag night, but we're saving the Cam Hart talk for rapid fire. So we'll save that for a little yep. bit.
3: So, yep, we'll get yep. into
1: that. so um, in the meantime, hit the like button. If you would glad to have you here on mailbag night that now that we've talked about merging traffic and driver's ad and, <laughs> <laughs> and everything else, there was a question that I wanted to start with that came in early. It it came in early enough that I was able to find a little bit on this guy. Malik Washington would be an interesting wide receiver to look at. Um, he has entered the transfer portal. I, I I looked him up. Remember that, you know, they got Ben Skoranek from Northwestern a couple of years ago. But grad transfer from Northwestern plays the slot close to 700 receiving yards this year. I've got his stats right here 65 catches 694 yards and a touchdown last year 44 receptions for 578 and two touchdowns so pretty good pretty good numbers last couple years and he has entered the market as a grad transfer and you know with that northwestern pedigree that kind of seems like right up notre dame's alley
2: i will say that i am not a hundred percent I I don't know Malik Washington from you know I've never looked at his film. Yeah, right? me either. Oh. This is like the
1: first time I've really right. heard of him. So, so I
2: will go off of not specifically to Malik because I'm one thing I was I'm not sure. So he's in the transfer portal. Do you see where he is as far as his schooling is concerned? Is he a young kid? Do you know that by a chance?
1: He's he's been there for four years. Oh, so so I would he's assume probably a he's graduate. got his degree. Okay, yeah. so we don't so have he to worry should about be a grad transfer. Can he yeah. get
2: in? Can he not get in? Okay, right. The way the numbers stack up is I believe Notre Dame will be at nine receivers. Okay. I will say that 10 is the ideal number, in my opinion. So bringing in somebody, I have no problem with. In fact, I think that's probably something that they should look at, you know, depending on where the scholarship numbers fall. I will also say that I don't necessarily care about their stats at Northwestern or anywhere for that matter. Because you still need a quarterback to get him the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean Ben Skoranek didn't have monster stats at right. Northwestern, and quite frankly, I never would have thought Ben Skaronic would be uh, an NFL wide receiver right. even come through here. But look at where he is a couple years later. He's got super Yeah, Bowl well,
2: and that's you know my my bigger my bigger issue is that I mean that's great. He's got good stats. I mean he's obviously a a polished kid. You know, a kid who has has done good things but he still needs a quarterback to get him the ball. Like I don't have an issue with the receivers that Notre Dame have yeah, on the field. What it, was, it was the yeah. fact that they couldn't get the football to him. You know, that yeah. was more of the issue than anything else in my personal opinion. Now, but from a numbers standpoint, I wouldn't mind having one more, right? If everybody comes back that we think is going to come back and all those things, I think they have nine. So getting a 10th, that's cool. I mean, I'm cool with that. That would be fine. Uh, you know. But they're also bringing in some smaller guys, some slot guy, Dylan Edwards, I believe. I mean, I, I know Ryan and Brian talk about recruiting a lot more than we do. They've got some smaller guys coming in who will fill that role. They're just going to be true freshmen. So it's, and that's you know, do you trust the true freshmen? Do you want to bring in somebody with experience? I mean, that's up to the coaching staff, to be honest with you. But one yeah. more body if, is fine.
1: And it, Yeah, and if they're only going to get one guy or even just two guys – They have to be really judicious in who they're looking at. They're not just going to bring anyone in. Now, slot is a position of need, I think, even though, as we've talked about, Chris Tyree, I think, makes sense seeing more action in the slot next year, especially uh, when you bring back, you know, when Jadarian Price is back from the injury, that running back room is going to expand. You've also got Jabron Payne, and you've got uh, the incoming freshman, as well, so that you know that group is going to get a little bit bigger. Does it make sense to to use Tyree in other facets beyond just running the football? You know, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean that's I that think could be you, part of the equation as well. You need to utilize Chris Tyree in a better way. Period. Yeah. I mean they they need to get him the football, and I don't mind if they're getting it to him from the backfield or the slot or whatever. But you need to have a better Chris Tyree plan. Period. Right. I don't want him switching positions to be a slot receiver. I think he can do a lot more as a multi-back, you know, uh, but they need to use it. They need to take advantage of the skill that he has, right? So, yes, they. the answer is yes. They need to put him in the slot more often for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Chase Talk Sports question. If a quarterback transfers to Notre Dame that is Tommy's desired style, pocket passer who can somewhat escape, would you like to see a Tyler Buckner package like with Jack Cohn?
2: I'm not a big fan of packages. If I'm being honest with you, I want a starting quarterback. I don't, I, that, this is me personally. I don't want to have to think about, okay, did we get so-and-so enough snaps? Is this a good time to bring in that package? Like Mm -hmm. that's just not a line of thinking that I want to have as a offensive coordinator. Now, maybe that's something that Tommy wants, but that is not something that I would want. So I don't like that idea. I think if you want, you want a guy that's going to be good in the pocket, but you also want a guy with some escapability and some ability to run the football. He doesn't need to be a runner period. Right. And Tyler Buckner was used as a runner, but that's not who he is now. So I think that would, if I'm Tyler Buckner and that, and you came to me and you said, Hey, we're going to have a package for you. Uh, bye. I'm out. Like I, that's yeah. not where he needs to be either. Like that doesn't benefit right. him in any way. so I'm not like
1: developing that. anymore, just running no. this back, you know, because part of the reason last year with Tyler Buckner, true freshman, hadn't played in a couple of years. One of the reasons was just getting him on the field, getting him used to being back on the field again, because he missed his senior season of high school football due to the pandemic. So like get him on the field and presumably it was also going to help with an eye toward this season because the guy, you know, now he, he ends up preserving this season from an eligibility standpoint because of the injury, but you know, he shot his entire freshman season of eligibility because of being the package guy. And right. I, I think you're exactly right. There's there's no benefit to Tyler Buckner at that point. No. You know, either he's running the full offense or he's not. And that's where he needs to be. He needs to be running the full offense. And as we've talked about before, I really don't like the fact that. When you have a one quarterback like Buckner who has the mobility skill set, and then you've got a guy more like Drew Pine or Jack Cohn. Well, you know, obviously Pine has a little bit more mobility than Cohn did, but pocket passer versus dual threat kind of guy, you're running two completely different offenses. Mm -hmm. I, I would like to see one offense for everybody kind of you know kind of what you let off with tired of the package stuff let's see one offense for everybody you know I understand maybe a change of pace he can do you know some things with his legs but I don't think Tyler Buckner is going to go for that why should he burn a season of eligibility being a change of pace guy when you know again he's only got just like everybody he's only got so much time in college either he's a regular quarterback or he's not right so agreed completely yeah I think you know, and then you got, you know, you're adding Minchie into the mix as well at this point. Mm-hmm. USMA 87, just wait, Vince. Driver's training with twins is great in California. Uh, you have to log 60 hours behind the wheel. I spent way too many hours driving around with my boys.
2: I obviously, I believe this is because he knows I have twins. And in Indiana that I know now, it is 50 hours of time. So that would be 100 for the Twins, and so I am not Mm -hmm. looking forward to that. Dylan's my son. I'm getting those out of the way no problem because he drives me to and from school every day. So, like, we're going to get those hours taken care of no problem. Yeah. And uh, we also have a a tournament this weekend in Indianapolis, and so he's going to be driving to and from. It's going to be great. Hours are racked up. So, But, yeah, the Twins, (whistles) not looking forward to that at all. Luckily, I have about two and a half years to wait on that one.
1: I can see that. I can see that. Here's an interesting question here from Ian. What do you think about making either Stand or McCullough, the run game coordinator, make our run calls more than just duo?
2: I think that it's semantics, to be perfectly honest with you. Those guys have a say in what the game plan is and what the running game plan is for the team as a whole, not just game to game. Those guys all have a say, right? And whether you make them a run game coordinator or not, I don't think that changes anything if I'm being honest I think that's semantics
1: well and I don't know this for sure but I don't think they were using duo when Quinn was here right like it was more outside that's accurate yeah I think stuff. that's accurate so my you know because I remember seeing duo being practiced during training camp you know so I guess I wonder how much input Harry hestand had with that you know that implementation to begin with you know right. I, I would think that that he had to be a part of that decision, like you know, this is the the run scheme that we're going to go to. I so I I would think, yeah, anyway.
2: I, I yes, I agree with that completely. And it, you know, when you've got a run game coordinator and a pass game coordinator and all those different things, it's not like those guys are calling plays on game day either, right? It's 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 a either a combination deal or it's a hey they get the game plan together and then Tommy Reese is going to call the plays. So like those guys are still involved usually. And I'm not saying that that would be specific to Notre Dame, but usually when somebody gets a run game coordinator or something along those lines, it's a pay bump. Like it's really, it's a resume builder. They're trying to enhance their resume. Right. And so I think there was another question in there about, do you make Mike Mickens the assistant defensive coordinator? You know what I mean? I don't think that really changes his day to day. That just gives him an opportunity for a raise and it helps his resume moving forward, right? I did. Right. It doesn't really change anything with the way that they go about their business normally.
1: Right, right. Uh, Jason asks if Salerno has another year. He says, part of me hopes he doesn't because I want to see reps going to the youngsters. I think he technically does, but it's not like he had the decision to make about declaring for the NFL versus staying in school, and he was recognized on senior day. So right. I have to think that means that Matt I, Salerno is sailing yeah. off into the sunset. And I
2: believe he also accepted one of those bowl, like the the all-star game invitations. Okay, I hadn't so, seen it. Uh, so I believe that that's accurate. I, th- I thought I saw that come through at one point. So I, I believe he is done. I was looking at the roster. He's listed as a graduate student slash senior. So I think he actually may be out of but then but there's always the covid year and you know, yeah
1: and that's what you know yeah but and yeah I that, that whole covid year just makes everything much yes, more confusing
2: i can't wait until we're far enough away from that i know that we don't have to worry about the covid year because
1: that i think would, we've got what two more cycles maybe uh, at a time brutal. to get rid of that brutal like that. <laughs> yeah i think the junior class this year is the cutoff. Like if you're okay. a junior this year, the COVID year was your freshman year. So that's where it got gotcha. you.
2: Makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. I, and it's nothing against Matt Salerno, but my guess is they didn't ask him back. If they have that opportunity, maybe they did. Maybe he told him he's good to go. Like maybe he said, I'm, you know, I'm ready to move on. And then, which is definitely a possibility, but again, you do kind of need bodies in that wide receiver room right now. Yeah. Like, two. So you got to kind of balance that. You're, you're going to go get him in the portal, you're going to keep a guy around that you know is a a good fit for your program. You know, you know what I mean? So yeah. there is a balancing act there, but it sounds like specifically to him that he is gone.
1: But I mean that's also why, you know, like you talked about well they've got a couple freshmen slot type coming right. in. The fact that they are freshmen, I think that if you can find you know, a veteran like the Northwestern guy that we started off talking about Malik Washington at that position, just based on still, you know, like the whole receiver seeing the field with regularity did not become more of a thing, you know, just because Brian Kelly moved on this year. So like a one year guy with experience, I think, you know, it's not a bad it's not a bad idea, but still, it comes down to you, right. you've got to find the right guys to come right. in and do it. They've got to be guys who you have pretty much like you know ninety nine percent certainty are going to jump in and contribute right away. Yeah. Couple of defensive questions. Ooh, sweet. That I saw here, Lucas. Let's talk Rover. Okay, Lucas. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. Does Al Golden prefer to play an extra DB more than a Rover? Kaiser's snap count was around 450, with Leofow and Bertrand over 600. Or is it purely week-to-week game plan thing? I think I know where you go, but go ahead and start.
2: Well, for me, I think this year specifically, and with the offenses that they faced most of the time, I think, I mean, their base package was basically nickel. Yes. I mean, that, that, that was their base package, and exactly most of would. those, yeah, most of those snaps for Kaiser came on the inside, and a lot of them right. came against Navy. Uh, and so I think that you know whether and I don't know what Golden's preference would be, but I think from a personnel standpoint at Notre Dame and the teams that they were playing against, Nickel became their base, and Tariq, and besides Tariq Bracey. And I don't remember if it was a show I was on or if I was listening to the guys this afternoon. It all runs together. But Tariq Bracey is arguably one of your best defensive players. Mm -hmm. And he plays the nickel. You want him on the field, right? And so that was another reason, I think, that they went to the nickel an awful lot because it got Tariq on the field. So there was a multitude of reasons. uh, But I think in this day and age, you're probably going to go to a nickel more often than you would to a rover, unless you get that... Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa type of rover that you don't ever have to take off the field.
1: Yeah, and he's still a rarity. He's still the exactly. only guy that they've had that kind of confidence in, being able right. to pull that off, staying on the field, you know, more often than not. So, yeah, right. that's that's just the biggest thing. There's there's more. And really, you know, like if Notre Dame was in the Big 12, they'd probably be playing nickel all the time. They wouldn't even right. <laughs> have the rover, <laughs> you know. So, Absolutely. Maybe they're playing Iowa State. I don't know. But that would kind of be about it um anthony gentlemen are you guys all right with not bringing back the linebackers for 50 years and roll with the young guys i would hate to lose the young guys for guys that didn't get it done this year i would
2: not be okay with that because you're number one you're stripping your your linebacker room i mean you you cut your so if you don't bring back kaiser and you don't bring back bertrand why would you not bring those guys back i'm not saying that you bring them back to start but you do bring them back. And you have all of those guys compete for starting linebacker positions. And I think you make it very clear to those two that, like, look, fellas, we want you back. You are an important part of this team That you know, with their leadership qualities and all of those things. But you say, you know, your starting position isn't necessarily in the bag. You're going to have to compete for it. You're going to have to compete for snaps. But I would absolutely bring those guys back. I'm not – there's too much of a gap between those guys and the young guys right now. There's yeah. just – it's just too much. You need all of those guys there.
1: No, that's exactly right. I mean, you would lose all of your experience, basically, right. and you'd have a couple guys who really, who have shown some potential, but still have a lot of growth to do themselves, and then you'd have a ton of inexperience behind them as well. You would have, you know, sometimes experience can be overrated, but at the same time, just what you said, make them compete for jobs, which is what everyone should have to do in any given year. And I think, I I don't think there's been, you know, anything about the Marcus Freeman way, I guess you'd say, that has said that, you know, that it's not a meritocracy, that you're not going to make guys go out there and compete day in and day out. That's, that's pretty much been it. I mean, that's part of why some of these young, you know, guys like Jalen Snead and Prince Kali, why, you know, like, by the time they get on the field, they have taken hundreds of reps in practice and they have gotten better to that point. Right. So it's yep. it's not like they were that guy all along. And then it's like, well, why did it take this long to get them on the field? Well, they they had to grow to get to that point. And that's that's part of it. I, I think so, I think would be I think it'd be very dangerous just to to tell your most experienced guys not to come back next year and just completely roll the dice on a ton of upside that's unproven.
2: Yeah, absolutely agree. And look, there's a ton of talent there. There's a ton of talent and there's a ton of possibility and I want those guys on the field. But you you can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? I mean, you have to you have to keep some continuity, you have to keep some leadership in that room too because none of those guys have established themselves as leaders. Either, right? And that that's, yeah, and that's a, part of a, it a, too. Horton Those Bar- other guys are yeah, college football. I mean, it's part
1: happens. of your leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Bertrand. You know, mm-hmm. and that's, yeah. That's, you know, like when Al Golden was talked in the middle of the season about JD Bertrand being criticized, the first thing he talked about was his leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't necessarily purely playing ability that he started talking about, it was the leadership that JD right. Bertrand brings. And mm-hmm. you need that as well, you know, especially if you do want to hold things together. If you have some tough times. Shannon asks. With the regular season now over. Do you like the coaching staff's utilization. Of Xavier Watts on defense. Or would you have preferred to see him at wide receiver. I would
2: not be surprised. To see him starting at safety next year. To be perfectly honest with you. I think he came on big. Towards the end of the year. I think he has the most raw talent. Of anybody back there right now. And honestly that includes Brandon Joseph. At the moment. I, I think that. He could be really, really good at safety if he's just allowed to focus on safety. And that's been the biggest issue with Xavier Watts, is he hasn't been allowed to focus on one position, you know. And they 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 did the little experiment moving him over to wide receiver, and then they decided that wasn't gonna happen, and they moved him back to it's like come on, guys. Like, <laughs> you know, so now he the second half of the season he focused on safety, and surprise, surprise, he became one of their most confident safeties in my opinion one of the most the most trusted guys back there and so at the moment as we are talking right now i want to keep him at safety okay if you're talking to me a couple of years ago i wanted him at wide receiver i think he's a playmaker i wanted to see the yeah. ball in his hands i was excited about it but at this point in his career keep the man at safety he has a chance to start there and be really good
1: wide receiver thing is done we're never going to yeah. see Xavier Watts yep i can't foresee Xavier Watts going back to wide receiver again and it, they might not have the high end guys like Kyle Hamilton and Brandon Joseph at safety. but I think I think overall, the safety position is just going to continue to get better over the next. Now, there will be some, you know, some higher end guys potentially coming in here over the next couple of years. But I'm talking about in the interim, just like right now, I think you can feel pretty good with yeah. Xavier Watts back there. And I think you're right. he's he's probably you know, at the very least going to be in contention to be a starter. And with Brandon Joseph potentially leaving now, he hasn't officially made his decision yet, but assuming that Brandon Joseph is going to be gone, I think you're right. Xavier Watts is, is probably going to be a starter back there next year. And even if he's not, he's going to be in the rotation. We're going to see quite a bit.
2: Yeah. He's going to play a lot. I think. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: And he's done really well. You're absolutely right. Now with a full off season where you do nothing but be safety, I think it's, I think this guy's really the limit for him. Well, here's—I think we'll save this for the okay. Cam Hart rapid fire Ooh, discussion. As nice. Well. Okay. Think? Fair enough. Who's going to like start that. at nickel next yeah. year? Is the question Josh has? Because that's Cause a that's, fun one. Because kind of had it in my mind. Yeah. You know,
2: it, it's again. speculation on our part because you just never know what they're going to do with some different guys, and we'll we'll get into it. But yeah, kind of excited about that.
1: Dropping dimes, why do some teams go on a clap to snap it, some verbal? Are there advantages or just preference?
2: In my opinion, it's just preference. I, I'm not a big fan of the clap, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. I, I know that there's a lot of teams that go with it. Notre Dame, obviously, is one of those teams that but I don't think they go with it all the time, right? So there's, there's a lot of, you know, some people go with the leg. Some people go with the clap. Some people go with the cadence. It's all personal preference. And a lot of yeah. it also has to do with where you're playing your game. Are you on the road in a loud, hostile environment where mm-hmm. you're not going to hear a clap? You know, are you going to go off of, you know, there there were times where they did that, uh, where Josh Lug would put his arm out, right? And that meant they were about to snap the ball, you know, because they couldn't hear the clap or the cadence, right? So there's different things that you can do. It's all personal in my opinion, it's all about preference. I mean, I know that there's probably some OCs out there that live and die with whatever they want it to be. Yeah. Okay, that's funny, Derek. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's it's 100% personal preference. Jimmy yeah. Dugan said, avoid the clap, by the way. Avoid the clap, that's
1: right. Thanks. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> uh, Ian is making mickens an assistant defensive coordinator a good idea to keep him and make him a DC in training
2: number one, I don't think Mickens is going anywhere now watch he'll leave tomorrow but like I don't I don't think he's going to go anywhere I think he has a really good relationship with Marcus Freeman. I think Marcus Freeman gives him a lot of responsibility uh you know not only recruiting the corners but coaching the corners I mean it's pretty obvious to me that he's allowed to do whatever he wants at corner based on who played this year. Right. And yeah. a lot of those decisions were made properly. Let's be honest. Um, and I think I don't, I don't, I just don't see him leaving. And maybe he is quietly the defensive coordinator and waiting. Maybe I don't know the answer to that. Maybe he has no desire to be a defensive coordinator. I don't know Coach Mickens enough. If he came into the office and said, I'm leaving unless you make me an assistant defensive coordinator, okay, then you have that conversation. But again, it's a title. I don't think it's a change in responsibility. So, I you know, is that something that he wants? I have no idea, but I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. I think he enjoys where he's at.
1: Yeah. I mean, Mike Elston basically had a million different titles along the line (laughs) for all the years that he was here. And, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, it kept him around for a long Mm -hmm. time, but ultimately gone. Let me ask you this one, Vince. I think this came up when Jesse and I were on last night i think someone asked about the prospect of marcus freeman getting back and being more involved with the linebackers on a day-to-day basis what are your thoughts on that because he does you know he's got a defensive background he was a linebacker he was a linebacker's coach sure what do you think about that
2: looking at it like let's say i was the athletic director and, and marcus came to me and said hey Jack, I'm I'm looking at getting back into, I want to be more hands-on with the linebackers, right? My comment to him would be then, what are we paying Al Golden for? Um, (laughs) He's your linebackers coach, right? So I personally don't like the head coach coaching a position. Now, I also know that Nick Saban coached the corners at Alabama. Right. And Brian Kelly pretty much coached the quarterbacks at Notre Dame, right? For – Whatever you want to take. Good, bad, and different. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But there are head coaches that have their hands dirty, right? And well, I mean, like
1: like Lincoln Riley is calling plays on the offense, right? For USC. Yeah. You know, he's not a position a coach. Caller, but sure. he's a play caller. Right. You know? As a play caller, sure.
2: Yeah. The way I like my head coach to be is I want my head coach to be a CEO of it. I want I want him to be. Over. I don't want him dealing with the nuts and the bolts because I just feel like if he's super nuts and bolts with the linebackers, is he really paying attention to what happens with the offense? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like that could fall by the wayside a little bit. A la Brian Kelly and the offense when Brian Van Gorder was doing the defense, right? That he was just like, hey, do it. And that didn't work out too well. And I realize that's a drastic comparison, but I just want my head coach to be equal parts on both sides of the ball. And you can give, you know, suggestions and all of those different things because you should as the head coach. But I would, I personally, I would like that. It can work. I just wouldn't like it.
1: And I get what you're saying. I I think it would be tough considering you brought. You know, I think I said this yesterday. You brought this guy in. He's got decades of experience. The guy running your defense right now, including NFL experience, Super Bowl coaching linebackers. Exactly. He coached linebackers and so you obviously entrusted him to this position and then so then to jump in you you know like yeah that's a good point i I think it would be you know if it has to be done it has to be done the bigger you know because i i agree to an extent with what you're talking about you want the head coach to be able to be involved in all facets and especially as involved in recruiting as as he is He's got a ton of stuff on his plate yes, he does. already. But I also think that there's something to a young head coach, like if that's your specialty, at least being involved, you know, like with the uh what at least being involved with the position that it's the specialty. I hadn't noticed that, but I guess I wasn't here before. So all the sex appeal staring at you. I mean, I just I mean, there it Vince is. just put this comment up from Derek. <laughs> Couldn't help it. Go to your grandma's ninety ninth birthday party, Derek. Come on. <laughs> Kidding. Stay here. Just completely ignore your grandma's ninety ninth birthday party. I mean, it's only going to come around once. Great.
3: Another day is here, and you're
0: ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
1: Who are you going to be rooting for, Georgia or LSU? I mean, this is like Come no on. brainer, right? Come on, it's and do you even LSU. need to root one way or the other? <laughs> yeah,
2: like, no. This I, I'm hoping for an epic beatdown, not just rooting for. Like I, I want Georgia to go in there and just humiliate LSU. I mean, is that wrong? Is that petty? Yeah, it's petty. It's okay. I'm, I'm petty. I want them to be humiliated <laughs> because if they get humiliated, there's an outside chance that they could match up with Notre Dame. That'd be great. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So go dogs.
1: Foregone, foregone conclusion. You know, like I think we all maybe, maybe not you, but most of us, you know, had in the back of our mind, oh, what if LSU does run the table and they beat Georgia? You know, what if they pull this whole thing off? And But then after just seeing, seeing them just getting curb stomped by Texas oh. A&M last week, I, I don't think anyone really sees that happening now. So. No.
2: No. I don't I just don't think there's a snowball's chance in them winning this game no. on Saturday. Now watch them go out and win by three touchdowns. I know. You know. I know. But I I just from a from an analyst's standpoint, they just don't match up. I mean, they just don't. So, and that's what as Brian always says, football's all about the matchups. LSU does not match up with Georgia right now. That's true. Not many teams do, by the way. They don't match up with Georgia.
1: Not at all. Not at all. Coleman, what's the percentage you both think Brandon Joseph will be back next mm-hmm. year? Let's go 1-10 to 10 on okay. this. 1 being the lowest that he's coming back, yep. 10 being the highest. What do you think?
2: I will give it a 2, saying that there's still a chance. Like, I'm giving that 1-2 chance, right? But to me, I felt like Brandon Joseph was using Notre Dame as a one-year, make a name for myself, get out of Dodge kind of situation. I'm not sure that he ever 100% bought in. And based on his play, it just felt like he was done. It just especially in the USC game. the one play where he comes down to make a tackle, and it it, it clearly looked like he made a business decision that I'm not yeah. making the tackle here. It just doesn't feel like he's bought in like he's thinking about coming back for another year. Yeah you know, And I'm not blaming him for doing that. If I am a former All American and I'm at Northwestern, the writing—I mean, the the guy could
1: have opted out to begin with, you know, because he started getting dinged up. That's true. You know, kept him out of a couple games. He could have easily just said, "I'm not going to play against USC."
2: And I, I don't blame him coming to to Notre Dame for a year either. I I don't because it's going to raise your profile immediately as soon as you walk in the door. I I have no problem with that. It just doesn't feel like he's going to stick around. I don't know. I don't have any intel. Just doesn't feel like it.
1: Yeah. I think I'm in the, about the same. I'd put it at around a 2. You know, like if if being a first round draft pick is his priority, which he said it was when he came in the door 11 months ago, then he should come back for another year to to work on, you know, to work toward becoming a first round draft pick. But he thought that he was going to do that in the 11 months that he was here, yeah. and he's just not there, you know. He's still going to he's going to play in the NFL. He's 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 going to have a job. But in terms of first-round draft pick, that's not right. what he is right now. Yeah. Still a really good safety, just, you know, not quite at that spot. Mm-hmm. We'll save that super chat for uh, for Rapid Fire as well. Works for me. But let me see what we've got here. Michael, who would you like to see become the next big star at Notre Dame? One on offense and one on defense. Can't be Ben Morrison. Ooh, that's mean. All right. <laughs> I think Ben Morrison is – Bordering on already being a big star yeah. right
2: now. Seriously, seriously, that's a good point. Um, how about I'm gonna go with I think Prince Collie has a chance, or Jalen sneed I think they have a good chance on defense of being some pretty studly dudes, and and uh, uh, like Notre Dame, Notre Dame needs that stud linebacker, right? And I think that could be a lot of fun. Uh, offensively, I can't pick a lineman because they're not going to be a big star. Like they're going to be big to us, but they're not going to be nationally a big star. So you got to go with a skill position. Of course, I'd love to say a quarterback, but I am not going out on that limb. So I'm going to go with Tobias Merriweather. I think he has an opportunity to be really, really good. If they can find somebody to get him the ball consistently.
1: That's that's, that was my immediate reaction to the offense. I think he's got it there, you know, but I think that he's, he's definitely got, He's got all the skills to become the next big star yep. at Notre Dame. The the only question is what you just said. Do they have the guy to get him to ball? Sneed would be my answer on defense. You know, if you could yeah. have a, a linebacker with that quick twitch, can cover a lot of ground and and do some of those things, you know, more like in the the uh Jalen Smith, a Wusu Koromoa mold, you know, kind of a cross between those two, I guess, a little bit, but you know, twitch more twitchier like like those guys yeah. than Yeah. Like your Bertrands and Schmitz and those kind of things. For sure, yeah. We'll finish with this one. Oh, what do we got? If Michael Mayer doesn't win the John Mackey Award, what will your reaction be?
2: It'll be typical that these awards are super political and that people voting have no idea what they're doing with their lives. Yeah. I mean, he... He's the best tight end in college
1: football. You know, the the Bolitnikoff award is for a wide receiver to begin with. But when you look at the stats that he has compared to the guy from Georgia, it's like, what are we even doing here? That Michael Mayer is not on this list and the other guy is. When Michael Mayer has been so much of the passing game for Notre Dame this season. He's been practically all of it this season. And you don't put him on that award so I think I think reputation is kind of carrying the day with some of these awards when it comes to the tight ends, and I don't know how Michael Mayer's reputation wasn't already higher. I mean, all he's done is produce since he stepped. I mean, in the field as a freshman.
2: I mean, he got screwed you last know. year by not being even a Mackey Award finalist last year, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean I, I i i had no words for that last year. Let alone if he doesn't win it this year, to be right. honest with you. So right,
1: yeah. David wants to know if Joseph doesn't return losing Griffith and Brown as well. Do you guys believe coach O'Leary has to prove his coaching development chops in the spring?
2: No, I don't believe that because he's done a pretty good job with Xavier Watts when he's had him full time.
1: Yeah. I think he's Uh, already there. Yeah. yeah,
2: I I think he's doing just fine. He he's coached elite talent. He coached, you know, uh, Hamilton, obviously I think he coached him up to be honest. And there's something to be said for taking a really good player, coaching him up and then taking guys and developing them that there's a lot. Going on there, right? And I think he he's going to have a lot of young talent next year coming in. So, I mean, we're going to learn a lot about O'Leary. But I think I think he's proven himself just fine. I, I don't have any issues with with Coach O'Leary right now. I think he's doing just fine.
1: No, I think so as well. I think he's you know like we were talking about um Xavier Watts earlier, and the fact that Watts is where he is is yeah. you know one in part to his his skill, but two it, you know due in part to to what O'Leary brings. I, I think he's coached that position really well so far. Right, I right. See, I can't see any fault in, in what he's done with that group. And you've got to
2: give him credit for the production that these guys have had. Now, he can also get dinged for you know, missed tackles and some things like that. Uh, absolutely. I mean, if you're well, going to get the praise, you got to get the – But I think I the overall
1: – wide thing, too. The right. linebackers are just as guilty in the defensive totally coordinators agree. coaching the linebackers. So. Right,
2: and, you know, you can't coach hard – and I don't mean H A R T. I mean E A R T. Right? And Hart had a lot to do with some of those missed tackles in the last game, in my opinion, from the from the safety. So, again, he he took a wide receiver and turned him into what I think is a starting caliber safety. Who else are you gonna give credit to for that? Yeah.